Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Left Hand Right Brain. Thank you so much for your download. You like, subscribes, you listens, carrying me with you in your pockets, in your ear holes. You know, a preach. Left Hand Right Brain is a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network. It is your source for the finest local podcasts based in and around Denver, Colorado. Each show on the DPN is designed to delight, inform, and speak to the enthusiast in you. We got a buttload of podcasts on a plethora of different subjects, like culture, history, comedy, music, work, movies. And even pizza, y'all. Just visit denverpodcast.net, and that's where you can find links to all our great podcasts, like this one. Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history, and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistspodcast.com. The Denver Podcast Network, in the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Support for Left Hand Right Brain is brought to you each and every week by the good people at Mutiny Information Cafe. Located at 2 South Broadway in the lovely Baker District of Denver, Colorado, Mutiny's mission is to create a place where people can shop for gently used books, finger through tons of new and used records, find their new favorite comic book, and enjoy a well-made Pablo's coffee in an environment that stimulates the mind as well as the senses. Mutiny does its best to cultivate an environment that brings people of diverse interests and backgrounds together in a common forum. And they do this by supporting local artists, local podcasts, Local musicians, writers, they have live events damn near every night of the week. So be sure to support local because they support us. Just a quick bit of house cleaning here. You may hear in the podcast, I am no longer going to be doing Comedy Save the Video Stars last Saturday nights of the month at Mutiny Information Cafe. I need to take a break from that. Uh, It was just, you know, the feeling of not doing it was overwhelmingly more positive than doing it. You know, I wasn't going to take the next steps, do the amount of hustle necessary to kick it up to the next level, you know? So at a certain point, it's like, yeah, it was fun to do. I always enjoyed doing it. I never regretted doing it after it was done. I appreciate everybody coming out uh, month in, month out. But focus has changed, and it seemed like it was time to let it go for now. It may come back, you know? You guys will be the first to know, all right? When it comes back, 
all you members of the Brain Trust will know. And that's funny. We we're talking about things ending because in this podcast, we have guest Nate Brown, who recently ended his stint as host of the most popular open mic in Fort Collins, uh, the Hody's Half Note open mic, which is a pretty big deal. Hody's Half Note is a big deal in Fort Collins. A lot of big acts, big names come through there. And if you get a host, that's, that's a big deal. But Nate is a full-time Denver comedian now, no longer in Fort Collins. I uh, just need to make that clear, as it is a touchy subject with Nate from time to time. I had a great conversation with Nate. Some of you may or may not know Nate and I went to the same elementary school together. We grew up in Greeley. I wouldn't say we were the tightest of friends, but we you know, uh, were in each other's periffs in elementary. And then we went to different middle schools, came back for high school. And we do <laughs> talk about that uh, in, in a bit of detail in this podcast. That was really fun for us. You know, just reminiscing about our glory days, you know, high school days. But we do get into a lot of interesting stuff like Nate was or is the son of a preacher, uh, was a Pentecostal preacher in uh, Greeley, Colorado, and just and he is not religious now. So we talk a little bit about him, you know, his journey to not believing in Christ, <laughs> uh, being, you know, just turning away from the church and, uh, you know, the parallels between preaching and comedy. Uh, as as of today, the release of this podcast, Nate is actually one year sober. That is a great milestone for Nate. Congratulations, bud. I hope this podcast release does not drive you to drink more. Uh, if you want to see Nate performing, he has a monthly show down in Fort Collins at Elliot's Martini Bar. That's at 11 p.m. It's a late night show. Last Sundays of the month, Elliot's Martini Bar. It's a showcase. And Nate is also part of an improv group called the 8-Bit Kids. And their next performance is February 13th at the Voodoo Comedy Playhouse. So go check them out. Support live comedy, live theater, live improv, because it's the best. Okay, I did all the plugs. I hit all the bullet points. So now let's get to this week's LHRB podcast. Mark Maron of Denver Comedy. I've heard that a couple times, actually. <laughs> every single episode, nice. someone says that. Sure. Not every, but, uh, you know, I've gotten in arguments with plenty of people and, uh, you know, tried to work it out on oh, the yeah. podcast. So. You get in the arguments just so you can apologize on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... Uh, have a good... I, I wonder if Mark Maron ever does that. Like, Yeah, maybe it's now. It's like every episode for a long time was just him making people not hate him. <clears throat> yeah, it's a... Kind of the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. That's the life cycle. Noticing I sound sick. I just, just I have like... You have a huge water bottle. I know. Do you it, try and drink one of those a day? Um, yes, a day? I do. I, well, it's, it's a goal. I don't always reach that goal, but it's. I bought the largest one the REI has because I used to have a, you know, like a smaller one and it just wouldn't satisfy in the morning. It, it's a kind of a weird dual, duality thing where it's like you want the... Looking at the glass half full, but you're also emptying it is your goal to empty this glass. Yeah. It's hard. It takes. A, it's a struggle. I yeah, probably got too big of a one. You're accomplishing your goal by emptying the glass. It's very Buddhist. Mm-hmm. There is like a <laughs> sounds like a Zen saying. A whole or something. Yeah. A koan. 
A koan? Yeah. What's that? Like, a, uh, like the the phrase, like, the sound of one hand. What is the sound of one hand clapping? Like, they'll ask oh, the yeah, Buddhist yeah. monks, they'll ask them, like, these riddles, and then they right. have to, like, meditate on them for, like, eight months if or something. If a tree falls and, down in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound kind of thing? Yeah. You know how I was introduced to those? The I, Simpsons. <laughs> a lot of things like that, I was introduced to The Simpsons. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like... Simpsons was, I mean, they're written by, like, Harvard writers and stuff. So there's, like, some really, you know, like, there's a lot of intelligent yeah, fun references and stuff. Were you a big Simpsons fan? Yeah, I, like, I watched it a bunch in the 90s and stuff, but I haven't been, like, the people who, like, keep watching and can make, like, Mitch Jones and stuff who can just recite entire episodes and, like... I used to be like that. Like, I was... That was, like, my my claim to fame in high school. Or not high school, more middle school. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be... I was the, the Simpsons nerd. <laughs> I just point at you when you'd start an episode. Pretty much, I could watch you. At I would record episodes on this mini tape recorder and listen to it while I like worked out or something. You know, whatever I did. I'd like the lamest version to try and get the ladies. Oh yeah, <laughs> did it work? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the working out helped eventually. I get. I think you have a fiance now. Though, yeah. So you know, finally, all that working out paid off. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's the she's the one. It works. Just out. Every us. pump, I knew I was getting closer. Mm-hmm. To a Yonce. Yeah, Yonce. Uh, yeah, Yonce yeah, is a, a fun. Beyonce. Is Beyonce from Fiance? Probably. I guess. Yeah. I think it's a black line. <laughs> I'm not sure, though. Well, it's probably both. Okay, you didn't want to say it? <laughs> he just really clammed up very, when I I'm whispered leaving a black thing. <laughs> I'm too woke for you to mention race. You know, I do worry me. about that. You know, having too woke of a person on my podcast or people being deterred from it from because it's not woke enough. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about that with your comedy? Um. Yes, I probably more than I should. <laughs> I like plenty of my favorite comics are not woke, and but when I get on stage, like Denver is a pretty, I think a pretty woke scene. So yeah, like Hell yeah, I just don't want to be canceled, and I don't want to. I don't feel like I have too many like jokes that just naturally come out of me that are super like offensive or anything. But some slight edge is like obviously important, and. It's like that one, there's that book by that like CU Boulder guy or whatever that's about. Oh, yeah, Dr. Peter McGraw. Yeah. Has he been on the podcast? I feel like yes, he has, actually. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I sense that somehow. I've been on his podcast. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, you're dealing with the real player here. Yeah. I'm, podcast player. You're the Mark Marin of Denver <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> he was actually on Marin. Uh, well, that makes Dr. sense. Dr. Peter McGraw, he's on Marin and Rogan. You're next. You're gonna. Well, you know. You're in those circles keep, now. Keep my, yeah, I'm in the circles, <laughs> like in the outer edge circles, like the outer rim. And I'm Star like Wars four planets beyond you. No. I think. No, uh, I think you're ahead. You were you were running like the biggest open mic in Fort Collins for a long time. Yeah, that was which a big you deal. got canceled from, right? I didn't get canceled from that. You canceled I, yourself. Yeah, I canceled myself. <laughs> yeah, you like, quit six months after I was done. I was with it. Like just, I was just burnt out. For you know, after two and a half years, I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I right. can't, can't. And then I had a girlfriend in Fort Collins, and that was trapping Ooh, long me. Long distance, huh? Yeah, not trapping what... me. Oh yeah. man, <laughs> just even the phrasing. Wow. Not. She is fine. We're well, you're obviously not together now, so correct. You're free from one of the, the reasons trap. I could give up Hodies was the fact that we broke up. So, um, like I'm gonna burn everything down in this town. Yeah, I'm done with it. <laughs> done. I'm gonna quit Elliot's now. Elliot's I'm holding on to, the okay. Martini Bar show. It's yeah, the end yeah. of the month. It's the late night. Mm-hmm. At like 11 p.m. That one's Is a, that a paid show? Uh, Good, get the plug for it right now. Elliot's. Elliot's Martini for, Bar, last Sunday of every month for Collins, Colorado, 11 p.m. Uh, usually start at like 11.10, but 
we lie and say it starts at ten thirty so that people will come. Come, because yeah, I get that. If it if it's people knew it started at eleven fifteen, sometimes like I don't know if anyone would come, but it's it's like geared for service industry people, so who are getting off shift and they just want to like go get drunk at a comedy show. That was always the idea. So we have some like regulars and people who who show up for that reason, but right. still, it's like normal people don't want to wake up, especially on a Sunday. It's hard for. People yeah. who, you know, normies who have jobs. Yeah. You probably fives. like got blackout the nice b- night before on Saturday and <laughs> yeah. then you're trying to just recover on Sunday and not ruin your Monday with via comedy. But <laughs> yeah. we get a surprising amount of people showing up. I mean, even without marketing, sometimes we'll forget to do the Facebook ad and it's still like surprisingly packed sometimes. So. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. I think mean, that just speaks to the how well the show is. Yeah. How for- good the show is. Fort Collins is just really good for comedy. It's like, it's, audiences are the best, and I feel like I'm distracting you by holding this knot by well, the handle. You could, I could hear the, he's, he brought his mug up to his face, and you can hear the echo of it, so oh, I was wow. like, is he going to just, just, you can take it. a drink, man. I will. Go ahead, just be. Just, <laughs> I was distracted by how much I was distracting you. <laughs> I was just like, hey man, how long is he going to hold this mug up to us? <laughs> he to really fit. wants a drink, but he's not done talking. That's how I drink it at home too. Is just I like hold, it just hold it right ho- hovers near my mouth for like twenty minutes, and then I I slowly finish it. Well, uh, I think I think it's interesting. How do you know when to end something? LHRB exclusive right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stop doing my music video show. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh no. So, yeah, you really killed it on that last one. So. <laughs> it was just so I was so bad that that music yeah. video is the one that's been stuck in my head since it's Hide so good. Away. It's yeah. a catchy song. It's a catchy, catchy song. There's always one song that gets stuck in my head from every show, and you know maybe I'll I'll bring it back. But it's just like what really stuck out to me was the idea of not doing it was f- way more relieving than <laughs> the idea of doing it. So yeah. is that that's a monthly thing or uh, yeah. yeah yeah last hours of the month. Was there's like, a lot of work though. Just yeah, there's getting all the videos and setting up stuff. And yeah, it's a big setup and stuff. And I just saw the group of friends that so like the music video is Hideaway by Kisa, and there's like this it's a one shot and people dancing. Um, and we would get drunk and just like try to keep up with the dance and like collapse. <laughs> nice. Um, so I group saw the group of friends that I watched that music video with like the other day, and they just started playing Hideaway without <laughs> me bringing up the fact that I'd done it. And well, that's so cool is that's like that's what I wanted to like. People usually, I don't know, I think people have a connection with certain music videos of, like a time in their life. So that's like what I was trying to highlight with the with the show and stuff, and just watch music videos because mm-hmm. I do love them. And yeah, that's a. I just like that you had an actual connection because sometimes you got people that are just like, oh, I thought this one was funny. I looked up dumb music <laughs> videos and this was the first one that I, came up. I Googled yeah, dumb music videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, I was like, come on, man. It's a good premise for a show. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's it's good. Yeah, you said that <laughs> after the show and I was like, I'm canceling it's, it's it. It's been I'm, going on for three years. Yeah. yeah. Good premise, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. What, when, when did you know it was a... Uh, Time to stop. How, how do you stop something, you know? Because um, you feel like this is how I'm relevant, you know, like mm-hmm. in the scene. Yeah, I guess I'm known for hoodies, but I was just calculating how much, how many, like, miles I was putting on my car. It was, like, 120 miles every week, and then... Because you're living in Denver. Yeah. For I, the past... For, I, over a year. Right. Like, year and a half, basically. Um, so, just driving that many times, like, it's probably, like... <laughs> Twenty five percent of the miles on my car are hoodies or something, just because. Did you get some money for that? At least cover yeah, some gas. I, I yeah, I got paid, and it was a profitable, you know, oh, okay, thing. Good. But I also was just, I was like thinking about it all the time, and kind of it was taking up a lot of my energy. Yeah. Just like, yeah, it's 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 a grind. 
I would like write and like trains. a promotional post on Facebook, and I would sometimes spend like an hour on it or something. Like I would just over over edit it and like try to make it as funny as possible. Because like the more likes you got, the more people showed up, and then. I get a percentage of the bar, so like it would oh, make okay. more money if more people came. Oh yeah, for sure. So it was just like my whole day almost just became it's like five hours to do hoodies and then an hour or so, you know or two sometimes to write the posts and it was just like okay I'm just this is my job on Monday is just preparing for hoodies and like I don't know now that I'm not having to do it like it's such a relief that I don't have to do it. Um, next week or whatever else but yeah yeah it is a, a big weight off your shoulders yeah I don't, it was just a lot of stress in my in my life and like i was leave, you know it starts at seven or i have to be there by like six thirty. so i was leaving like rush rush hour and yeah we used to live in thornton so it was like not i was skipping most of the worst parts but now i'm like on colfax and in denver proper yeah i'm a real denver comic now <laughs> yeah. trying to spread that as much as possible. So, yeah, yeah. That's if a, we can bring up as much Denver stuff. Maybe I'll title the episode Real Denver Comic. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Nate Brown, yeah. Real Denver Comic. <laughs> well, uh, also, I wanted to bring up, you know, we, we both went to school in Greeley together. That's something that uh, I thought was funny. That's a that, crazy coincidence. Yeah. Did you go to Meeker for elementary? In, yes. In old Greality? Yeah. So, from elementary to through high school. Yeah. Did you, you were, go to Brownwood or? No, like I went to John Evans. John Evans yeah. Okay, so there was a break there. Yeah, we had three years apart. We had apart, a three years break, yeah. the worst three years of my life. <laughs> well, you know, I don't really remember talking actually too much in high school, so <laughs> I think maybe you're still holding a grudge. Yeah. So. I, I'm just mad about those three years I didn't see you. <laughs> well, I appreciate yeah. We were broken up. <laughs> I can never forgive you for that, but. Who's your fourth grade teacher? Because um, I went to Meeker in fourth grade. I went to Dos Rios before that. So Okay. Stoffler? Is that Stoffler. right? Or S- an S name? I think it's Stoffler. All right. Keesling. Keesling. Okay. She was the hard one. Okay. Did like she the hard used, ass. Did she used to do like first grade or something? Because remember there's like a fourth. K name. I don't know about that. My, my like uh, Kellogg or something. My first grade teacher was like a bit straight up. Like, <laughs> um, I don't use that word much, but she was awful. Like I remember learning to write you know for the first time and like she my handwriting got worse over the course i actually got worse at writing like over the course of it once i learned to do the letters i was like getting sloppy with it and then she like held up my handwriting from like the beginning and the end and it was like for the class like look how much worse his writing got and it was like one of the most traumatic moments in my elementary (laughs) this is like a a parent teacher conference or something or no like this just, was like just, just an, last day of class she's like i no. want you everyone to see how terrible Nate brown got literally yeah. oh man that's terrible it, it was like the worst i thought about it for like years afterward it was still like well obviously still so, yeah, yeah I get, <laughs> i'm still i'm about to cry right now <laughs> thinking about that moment that public shaming just get it all in the mug all your tears and in, in the coffee mug. okay i'll aim for i'm like cautious about picking up the mug again i don't want to be distracted <laughs> you can, but, no it's just don't talk for five minutes. Ten minutes with holding the mug <laughs> in front of the microphone. Uh, yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, fifth grade, Mr. Caldwell. I had the cool guy. That's, like, Caldwell. the guy everybody wanted, I feel oh, like. That not was, Dave Caldwell. The, yeah, Dave Caldwell. <laughs> no, no, well, no. Wait, is my name Dave? Well, okay. Now I'm just thinking of Dave Caldwell now. I was like, no wonder that sounds so familiar. Different Caldwell. That's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't super remember fan Mr. Here in Denver. Yeah, Mr. Caldwell for fifth grade. Do you remember uh, Mr. Axtell? No. Okay. He was my, I think he was my, he was my third grade. 
um, one. I thought okay, you're going back before I knew you. So I, I know. <laughs> you're going backwards in time. Pre JD. Yeah, I'm trying um, to talk about us, and you're like, oh, before. I did like uh, the Infinite Monkey theory, uncorked that show the other day, and I like thought Mr. Axtell was in the audience for a long. Time. There was this guy who was like the right age, and he looked so familiar, I could not figure out how I knew him. Um, and it turned out he was like a news anchor on like. KDVR or something, oh, Ernie Bjorklund or something like that. I didn't remember his name until I like Googled Colorado news anchors, and he was like the first thing that popped up, and I was like, there. I, he looked like Rich, so I, he probably wasn't. I should have known he wasn't a teacher. But Rich? You yeah, he, call the, him by his first name now? Rich look. He he just had like a tan and like perfect skin. And, oh, he looked rich. Okay, yes. I thought you like, were calling your your third grade teacher by his first name. I, think no. you're on. I don't remember Mr. Axel's first name. I couldn't. <laughs> It's rich. Yeah. Rich. Do, you, do you remember your any, any no. first name? Yeah. No. I was never on first name basis with my, <laughs> any of my teachers. Yeah, but they didn't have a first name. I don't even know if I knew they did. <laughs> right. Just, their first name was Mr. or Mrs. So, yeah. Yeah. Or Miss. Well, Miss now is like a popular thing that the kids say, huh? Mm-hmm. They just say Miss. For... How disrespectful. Yeah, it is. Just say the full name. It's like, I had to say the full name. Why the fuck these kids have to say the full name? I remember people getting yelled at for calling people Miss or... Hey, miss, I want blah, blah, blah. And like, it's Mrs. or Mrs. blah, blah, but like they would yeah. get in trouble. <laughs> and they should now, yeah. is what I'm getting at. But anyway. All right, so then you went to a different middle school, came back in high school. We weren't really tight, you know. It's like we weren't yeah, tight. We were, we're like, yeah. same class. Socially distant, but yeah. I was an IB. Uh, yeah, you were like a For smart some kid. reason, like, yeah. I don't know. I was like the outcast from IB. Like, I... I, don't, I had an undiagnosed thyroid problem, which didn't help, but because uh, I was just like sleeping through everything, like I would fall asleep <laughs> all the time too. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't go to school, and I would fall asleep at home, and then mm. not. My parents, I would literally like go out the front door, pretend I'm going to school, and then walk around the back, and then fall asleep under our porch, <clears throat> so that I didn't like be there till like 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. Not, not p.m. Uh, that'd be a lot. Yeah. But, that's... But, <laughs> That'd be a it's very like dangerous, big, a very <laughs> obvious thyroid problem if I was <laughs> sleeping for thirteen hours. How'd you figure out the thyroid thing? Uh, like senior year, they finally took like blood work and figured out that it was oh, like shit. a pretty bad thyroid problem. I do remember you looking tired a lot. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've looked tired until basically until I quit drinking. Like eleven months ago, I had bags under my eyes for mm. probably twenty years straight. But yeah, it's definitely cleared up. Yeah, I think it's it's <laughs> gone. I mean, I have kind of have bags probably right now, but it's just. Can't tell. Glasses on. Yeah, that's why I got them, is to block it out. Yeah, I was like, I had like a really shitty GPA in high school, and I was just not, enough to not get enough turning. The smart, IB is like smart kids. I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like type A. I don't know. Some, everyone in IB was cheating, like just oh, copying okay. off of, like everyone turned in the same assignment. It was like one person who would do the assignment in a class, and everyone would copy, and I was like Mr. Pastor's kid, so I would not. I would not copy off of anyone out of principle, and then that's one of the reasons I had the, like the worst grades in IB was that I just wasn't Jesus cheating. Jesus would get mad at you constantly. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I think I might have been atheist by that point, but I just still had the like subconscious guilt. And there's like a movie. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie, but it's like about it's like Kevin Klein in it, where they're just like it's an anti-cheating film that i saw that was like the the theme of it was that if you cheat in school then you become a cheater in life and then you're like the enron guys basically and you like turn into some corporate psychopath or 
or whatever who rips people off. So it became this like thing that I don't want to be that guy. Um, what, what religion was it? Uh, Christian Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Okay. Yeah, was the denomination. And so that's even like a, a stricter sect sect of not really. That's what's of weird. Christianity. <laughs> it's not actually that's like the Presbyterians. They were more conservative back then than they are now. But like they they're always like pro gay Presbyterians. Then there was like this fight in the Presbyterian Church over that, and then like all the conservatives like they passed a thing letting gay people get ordinated as. I think that's ordained as uh, ministers, and so that all the conservative Presbyterians left and like took their money with them, and um, so now like Presbyterians are like maybe the most liberal denomination in the thing. I think it was I don't know. Well, what's the big difference that separates Presbyterians from other Catholics or Christians? Um, that's a good question. I should remember. I don't know. <laughs> they have like a thing called Presbytery, and it's like a assembly where all a bunch of like pastors and stuff meet every year general assembly they call it and they vote on stuff and it's kind of like a democratic denomination i think that's different from a lot a lot of them supposedly what are they voting on you still into this jesus guy or (laughs) you want to change teams pro jesus or anti-jesus every year and (laughs) they've a hundred years straight of pro jesus yeah yeah that's good yeah that's um, a movie right there it's like the one year the the (laughs) devil gets the vote you know Mm -hmm. He, he sneaks in. It's a religious thriller. Tempts people somehow. Yeah. Um, supposedly it's like an inspiration for the U.S. Congress and stuff was the Presbyterian. I don't know if that's just Presbyterians building themselves up or not. Yeah, but. I thought it was like an Indian thing. Indians did a lot. Of, Native Americans did a lot of, uh, you know. Councils. and Council, yeah. yeah. And then also Greek Democratic stuff, you know. Yeah, that's. I think it was more just like propaganda for the <laughs> Presbyterian Church that we, we le- learned. In, <laughs> there was okay. like one Presbyterian guy who signed the Declaration of Independence or something like that. So okay. they pretend like we were behind it. It was us gotcha. Presbyterians. Not that I'm Presbyterian anymore, but right. When when was the big uh, the uh, the split? Any anything you remember happening? You see some guy, some priest letter or something. And you're like, I don't believe in God anymore. Um, I think I was always sort of like skeptical and. Not, like, super religious in the first place. Is that, like, a common thing with um, pastor's kids? You know, son son of a preacher man? That is kind of the stereotype, is that we're, like, rebellious and, like... Right. I should have, like, I supposedly should have done coke or something in high school, just based based on how rebellious pastor's kids are supposed to be. I wasn't really that rebellious, but I was... And my dad, uh, he was very progressive and, like, pro-gay in, like, 1997. Our church was... They call them more light Presbyterians, where... You're, more light yes who okay. are, that just means they're pro gay kind of yeah they're woke presbyterians um i forgot what i was saying oh so he was just not like super dogmatic or he didn't really even believe like in the resurrection he thought that was like Whoa. made up and like he there's a thing called the historical jesus movement where they're just trying to figure out what jesus was actually not like and not without the religious add-ons that they think are there um so he was always like very skeptical himself, and that just bled into me just not straight believing in in God. I did like read Richard Dawkins and all the there's like all these new atheist books that came out like in high school and stuff. So I read those and those helped, but yeah, <laughs> just imagine the conflict in your parents. Where we're glad he's reading and at <laughs> such an advanced level, but the material we're not crazy we're, about. <laughs> we're gonna argue with him about it. At every Would they? Sometimes, yeah, but not like. They wouldn't yell at me or, you know, 
pretend like I was doing something really wrong by thinking differently. They were just like, we think you're incorrect about, like, there is a God, and here are reasons why. Yeah. And then I would just yell. Well, that's probably the best way they could go about it, right? And I'd be like, you're a sinner, and you're going to go to hell, and try and, like, instill the fear, fire, and brimstone in you. Yeah. Like, I still like them, so. Yeah, that's good. It's not. Well, it's pretty The arguments then. didn't get too too crazy. Your dad run a church was a preacher mean. He like owns his church or he's <laughs> just like uh a... No, the Presbyterian Church owns all the churches like in the denomination. Um but he run ran everything uh that was ha- would happen in the church. Like there'd be there's a Can secretary. Can you explain too. it to me in restaurant terms? Like if the church was Olive Garden. He's the, basically the manager. He's not the, the general owner. manager of an Olive Garden. Yes. Okay. And uh, he basically spends his whole week like writing the, the menu. sermon. Yeah, the menu, <laughs> menu, excuse me. The special. Yeah, he picks out all the in- ingredients. and uh, Who would be the head chef or like the, the, the mm, line cook? There was like a secretary that would help him with like different, just like, I don't know accounting and stuff like that i think he was an accountant was actually what he was brad some so he'd count up like the money that they would put in the donation thing every every week good job yeah and then uh the presbyterian church would pay him so they'd send off so the the church would be i can't remember what the umbrella corporation that uh the restaurants are actually all under it they own like red lobster olive garden yum Uh, foods or something like that yeah yeah owns taco bell i know that yeah 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 yeah. I did work at a Taco Bell for a while. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's actually been coming up a lot recently. I heard on the radio they're getting like, uh, they're trying to incentivize people to stay at Taco Bell specifically. So they're offering managers six figures. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, they're definitely making enough money, you know? Yeah. Least. They can, they could double like everyone's salary at pretty much every fast food workers, it seems like. I don't know. But Maybe anyway. McDonald's is at like low enough margins that. That's not the case, but yeah. But apparently, the uh, you know the turnover rate is you know so much that it's more incentivizing for them to give one person six figures than, <laughs> or well, all the managers instead of all the turnover. But anyway, it's a shitty job. I, I worked at Sonic for like two months, and that was enough. Oh, two months. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't like. I never even did anything that hard. I would just like make the drinks. That was that was it. They wouldn't let me behind the grill or anything. Like he falls asleep. He goes around to the back and he'll just go to sleep. <laughs> He's looks so tired. We can't <laughs> add to his burdens. He's, what? Uh, how do you fix this? That well, how does this thyroid thing get like leveled out? Do you take like just caffeine pills or? No, there's a there's levothyroxine is like the main thing that's prescribed. Although a lot of people like don't feel better after they you give them that. So. There's kind of this like hippie movement to just sleep more. Do uh, to take more. Is that what you said? <laughs> no, yeah, just sleep more. Oh, sleep. <laughs> just sleep 13 hours a day. That's normal. Um, Sounds great. It actually does sound pretty good. It does sound pretty good. <laughs> Never mind. I'm gonna stop <laughs> taking my thyroid medicine now that I think about it. No, there's, it's called like Armor Thyroid that the hippies like, and it's like made out of like pig thyroid or something like that, and it just it's like more bio available or something. It just has like. More people feel better after taking it than than uh, with levothyroxine. So what's happening here? Why are you so tired? Um, your with th- thyroid, thyroid isn't producing enough thyroid hormone, and thyroid like regulates me- metabolism and energy and stuff. Okay. So um, you're taking like replacement hormone, uh, 
thyroid hormone to like boost it. And there's like three different, there's like T3 and T4. There's multiple different kinds of thyroid hormone and levothyroxine only replaces one. And we're getting into the weeds here a lot, but no, I, I mean, I just talked. I think with, it's like, good for the audience to know yeah, what it means. If you have, if you're feeling tired all the time, get well, your I was blood like, tested. yeah, and then they eat pig thyroid. So I thought you were just like eating someone else's thyroid in pill form <laughs> to replenish yeah, your thyroid. Eat, eat an entire pig's thyroid yeah, every every morning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like super hyper the first day, and then it slowly gradually goes yeah, away. Yeah. But I, I just had this conversation with um, Derek Walton because I guess he's like a thyroid. Derek Walton. Oh, okay. He's a, yeah. He runs the uh, Tuesday mic? Yes. This, the one tonight. Um, Scruffy, whatever. Scruffy Murphy's. Yes. Um, I always get it mixed up because there's one in Fort Collins called Scrumpies. I was getting, yeah. There's a lot of Irish pubs around. <laughs> a lot of scra sounds. Yeah. There. So, I don't know. He's he's one of those like hippie people that is all about the pig thyroid. And I am too. I'm vegetarian. It's kind of weird that I have given in like that, but... I don't know. I want to feel not like crap, so. Oh yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. So you did. You started going with the pig thyroid. Yeah, I. T- I yeah. And do you I, feel better? I do. Yeah, I like it a lot. I went to like kind of hippie hippieish doctor, and uh, how's that different than why is it different than what you're getting from the other doctor? What what makes it more hippie? It's just sort. It's sort of like a little bit alternative medicine, like associated. I don't know. It's it's because it comes from a pig and not from a lab. Yeah, I guess it, it less labby. Yeah, it's I guess it seems more natural or something to to the hippies. I'm not really clear on why it's they're the ones pushing it, but it most doctors think levothyroxine's like the the thing, but it's according to a lot of like stu- there are studies, scientific studies showing that armor thyroid pig thyroid is is better for you or has better effects or whatever. Um, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Bottom line. Thank you. And then you get Appreciate you probably that you quit drinking eleven months ago. Yes. Is that probably not a great uh, mix of thyroid stuff and the the booze? Probably not. I, I haven't seen anything like specific about that, but it would make okay. sense. Like it's just when everyone's talking about like, oh, I have to take medication for a thing. I'm always like, and then they and then they drink on top of it. I'm always like, oh no, that's probably not a great <laughs> mix, right? Yeah. I mean, not that anybody should drink to excess anyway. But. Yeah, I would. I mean, it definitely was like sapping my energy, and it's crazy, like. I'll see pictures of me when I was drinking, and it's just I like look 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 like a vampire or something. Like, Allison Rose Real had a picture sexy. from her wedding. Yeah, I don't know, kind of. It can be. <laughs> I was like wearing a suit and Not stuff, so it was like vampire. a sexy uh, interview with a vampire kind of vampire. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was. It's just it, the amount of like color in my face is just like nine day. Like it's kind of crazy how much that's that's yeah, changed. You were a lot but, paler. Yeah, I've just always had sleep issues, so anything <laughs> like that. If you slept hurts in a sleep. tanning booth, there you go. I should. I don't even think of that. I'm gonna go back to drinking now. I, I got a solution. I'm gonna look like like Trump or something. You get one of those standing booths. You hang upside down. <laughs> just really lean into yeah, the vampire thing. It'll be a casket a tan. tanning booth. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> this is a good solution. Um, so wait. So the the booze was affecting your skin tone. Apparently, is that a common thing. I don't think I knew right. that at the time. You're self-diagnosing a lot of this stuff, or what? It's like pretty obvious. I don't know. I did it before and after. You look a little leaner. I mean, yeah, you definitely. I did lose weight. I lost like 10 pounds or something. Yeah. Or, and I've dieted a little bit in the last like month. I'm, I'm... How long has the vegan thing been going? Um, I'm not full vegan right now. I don't know. I was vegan like for like a year, uh, for, like a long time ago. But did I keep thinking. Did you watch the Game I'm, Changers or what? I did watch that. I'm, it's made, it made me want to go back. to. I'm, I'm just vegetarian now. So I eat like eggs and milk and stuff. But 
Like I did it for because I don't like factory farming, and so I'm I'm basically yeah. a hypocrite for. You're an ethical vegan, not so much a health vegan. Yeah, I think I do think like it's healthier on average. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Uh... Um, I mean, probably like the Mediterranean diet's like the healthiest one on the planet. Just like eating fish in addition to vegetables and stuff. So, full vegan. I don't know if it's like the healthiest diet, but it's a lot healthier than the average like tons of processed food diets out there. So, I don't know. I might go back soon, but I I, I don't know. I like being vegetarian. I'm not. It doesn't even really feel like. Do a, you feel more energetic, or any? You're like, are you exercising, and do you feel like a, a difference with that, or anything energy level wise? Yeah, I work out, bro. I work out. Right on. Uh, I've been doing like calisthenic things. I I got gymnastics rings, which are like oh, super okay. hard. Yeah, that's like super intense. They're yeah, like they're body fun weight though. Stuff. I think you have to like work up to that. You can't just have rings and not be able. To, I hang on them. Literally, like if yeah. I got rings, I wouldn't be able to do anything with them. I mean, literally, the first thing you learn is just holding yourself up, yeah. and like your my hands your are just like shaking all, all yeah. over the place, and it's like just building up to one minute of holding yourself is how you get into gymnastics rings in the first place. And I'm still. What do you hang them on? Uh, I have a pull-up bar that I like hold, put in the doorway. Um, is so it a strong doorway? Apparently, it, okay. it holds because I've seen a lot of. Uh, YouTube fails. Yeah, of... fails. So people <laughs> using the the pull up bars and their just whole frame falls out. I'm shocked. I've ne- it's never happened to me because I did I did pull ups for a long time and that's like one of my few things I've been consistent about. But how many can you do in a row? <sighs> right like now, full I think, down no. deadlock up. I've never been able to do like I've only at like the peak I've been able to do one decent pull up my whole life. I since it was like mostly what I do, I, I can do like six right now. Nice. That's fucking. I built up 600 to that, times but... me right now. So. <laughs> 600% bigger. Yeah. 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 yeah I, don't, I don't know. I like pull ups. They're. Yeah. Yeah. It's a full body. It's a good, if you can do it. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Yeah. That was probably one of my biggest shames in, in school was not being able to do a pull up in like the whole PE physical fitness thing you did. Mm-hmm. You know, like the test you do. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do a pull up to save my life. I'm sure I didn't either. I didn't. <laughs> I, I was so not athletic at all. And I'm not really now, but like P90X. You got, you got I did gymnastic it, like... rings. Well, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but I'm not like ripped AF, and so you just know. hold yourself up for a minute, and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've built up to like ring dips. Nice. Like, once Whoa, you, once, damn. Once you, yeah, I could do like four of those. It takes some. It's hard. It's like, not nothing. Yeah, I'm like for sure. I'm like mo- like screaming the whole time I'm doing them. <laughs> I'm sure, my roommates like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening up there? But it's like the only way I can get myself to finish them. Do you remember Oscar Chavez at all? And yeah, no. Okay, I was. He was like in our in my a gym class with me, and like every rep he would do is just like, ah, ah, like screaming. And I just remember making fun of him. But <laughs> now, now that I'm it. actually working out, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, um, if you want to get it, he still overdid it though. Let's be honest. No one else. <laughs> all the attention. jocks and, sh- and crap were not. I just censored sh- the word shit some for some reason. Um, it would not scream, so he didn't need to be doing that. It was just showing off. Uh, yeah. anyway, for sure. What was well, I saying? I can't remember. About uh, vegan diet giving you more energy. Yeah, can you feel it? Or yeah, no? I, I think especially sometimes I'll like eat a salad and it's like I cannot believe how much better I feel in like an hour. Like versus what? What else would? I don't know. I had McDonald's. This a morning. thing of booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had like an egg McMuffin. Did you have like morning. a real problem with booze or something to like? to be like uh, I, I wasn't like drink sober i never drank at home or anything i never drank alone i had What's a wrong i that? had more of a driving I problem fucking... than i did a drinking problem i would say i like uh, i would hop in my car no matter what sober nate 
thought or planned, it would. He, Drunk Nate was very confident in his ability to drive, and I like I never got a DUI or pulled over while drunk, but I probably deserved one. Um, so <laughs> get him, <'em>, boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm confessing right now on public thing. <laughs> well, do, you have, do you have cops listening to this? Oh yeah, got some narcs. Yeah, they're so right outside. Like, <laughs> they're waiting. For yeah, it. is this an FBI sting? <laughs> right I got now? some <laughs> narcs. I'm the narc. I'm literally just sitting here just talking to a mic. Yeah. I should know. But uh I'm better. Okay, yeah. So you're just making poor decisions. Yeah. I was I was just like it was a very high risk thing I was doing and uh I don't know. I could I could have gotten a crash, I could have got a DUI yeah. and I just like decided finally gave up on drunk Nate's ability to stop himself from driving. So and it's like made me feel a lot better and I just realized a lot of like with addictions, you're basically just paying to feel normal every time. You like if you're drinking enough, it's like it takes two drinks before you feel like you would have felt yeah, sober. Yeah. Um, that's the same reason I want to quit caffeine. Is I feel like when I'm really hooked on caffeine, I'm just like paying to get back to normal over and over again. And yeah, yeah. Um, that sort of doesn't make sense to me to just be like paying a tax to Starbucks or whatever to feel better every day. But caffeine's also really fun and good. And oh yeah. I when it's know. good, I, it's good. When you're riding that high, man. Same thing with the alcohol. When it's good, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I do miss... It's, like, fun. It's there's just the silliness and then, like... I like the release, yeah. The, the uh, like, oh, okay, fuck it, whatever. I'm just going to eat this bag of potato chips and yeah. a pint of ice cream. And I use oh. it as, a, as an excuse to say fuck it. That's what I... When I am really want to drink mm-hmm. and I'm being honest with myself to step back away from it, it's, like, that's what I want. I want a reason just to say fuck it. An excuse. Yeah, I do think that's one of the like social functions of drinking. It's just like give me a, like an excuse for trying to make a move on somebody, or an excuse for like it's so much hooking up is because of drinking. Like even right, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember I had Piper Shepherd on, and she was like, "I can't imagine hooking up without drinking. That'd be weird." Yeah, it's <laughs> like pretty okay. difficult. It's a, well, just like the idea of having sex and not being intoxicated to her was so weird <laughs> i'd be like i think you have a problem but i can't yeah. say anything i think it's like i mean it's not my place or whatever and hopefully she's fine <laughs> she moved to portland so who cares yeah i don't know anyway, she's dead to me we'll see uh, yeah <laughs> she's not part of this anymore. yeah it seems like it's it, it is hard to like hook up with without it but i don't know well you're I'm, also how how long have you been single it's just weird when you've been in a relationship couple months okay yeah you're we, getting, we dated yeah, you're, for like nine months so. yeah there's a there's a readjustment period mm-hmm yeah did the drinking affect or one of the reasons you broke up, you know, see things kind of clearly and you're like, okay, maybe nah, the drunk we, goggles are off. I was, I was sober when we started dating. So I made a move sober and stuff. I'm capable of it. I just, yeah, I'm, yeah, out, I'm not trying to say that, but like, you know, did drinking like affect, you know, you're like, I just need to make changes and um, uh, this isn't healthy for me or. I think me getting sober is one of the reasons I was like ready for a relationship in the first place. Like. I don't know. I think drinking kept me from pushing myself to commit to something and uh, being sober. I don't know. Just like maybe more mature or something like that. And uh, I'm not clear exactly like the cause and effect, but. Why did you guys break up? Mainly distance. Yeah, like distance is Just hard. living an hour away. It was like I'd see her after Hody's and some, we'd drive up sometimes. I'd drive up to do stuff and she'd be in Denver on occasion, but. Uh, it was still just not very convenient, and it felt weird it's being hard. that far away. It's just sort of like we drifted apart, you know. And yeah, um, yeah, that's a real thing. 
Yeah, just not seeing I, yourself each other that much is big cuddler. You like to cuddle? I do like to cuddle. It's like I think people who can make long distance relationships work aren't aren't uh, don't like cuddling. You know, they don't need that like closeness. There's they need some emotional distance as well as physical mm. distance. Yeah, for some people it's like perfect for them because like they, yeah, cause they, they want to be close like, to people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to be physically around. But they they want the like the psycho- psychological comfort of like oh I am dating somebody like the relationship box is like checked in my right. in my life but I feel like they're always kind of waiting for something better to come they're, my options are open over here though as well yeah and it's easier to cut it off they want you're... their cake and eat it too mm-hmm. um but yeah I I, don't, I cut a lot I'm I'm pretty I'm known for cuddling yeah I like people the, are impressed I love how the... much I cuddle <laughs> for a man people I, are impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, bro. I'm very, I'm very good cuddler. You know, I like, I like a good you cuddle. Want to cuddle right well, now? Well, I mean, we can, I just, you know, we could. Uh, let's see who's do better. some kind of cuddle off. Yeah, get a third <laughs> we party. Have to get our partners into it. Neutral you know? third party. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I guess we'd have to cuddle with each other, and then whoever gave up first would be <laughs> loses. <laughs> it's like a game of chicken, kind of. <laughs> Who stops cuddling? Cuddle chicken, mm-hmm. chicken cuddle. And one of us will fall asleep, and that person will win. Because no, I don't think falling asleep is. But if you turn away while you're sleeping, then you lose. Oh, yeah. Even if it's unconscious, that still counts. It wasn't unconscious, though. That's it's what like, I would argue. It's like that um, documentary of hands on a hard body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We watched that in high school. Did you watch that in high yeah, school? I did, yes. That's Mr. Shahey? Yes. I'm, yeah. <laughs> Megan Shahey's uncle. That is so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. It was When I figured that out, it was like... Megan Shahey's another local comedian, just for people. Yeah, and she's a sister, stepsister of, of one of our teachers. Oh yeah, yeah, like that. not uncle. Yeah, she's like, she's like, maybe it's not, he's like her know. stepbrother. Yeah, something like that. I like went to their family, something or other. Like, why did couple you years. go to their know. family? It was that... weird. I'm trying to remember what it actually was. You're was, very close to your yeah. teacher, our old that, teachers. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't. I hadn't seen Mr. Shahey in so long, but he's like one of the reasons I passed high school. Oh yeah, he was a great guy. I did like him a lot. I'm pretty sure he changed my grade at the last second so I could oh, graduate. Good guy. Yeah. yeah. He saved me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. He, he read us a, a Day No Pigs Would Die. I remember that one a lot. Hmm, I don't remember that one. What's that about? This kid who grows up on a farm and he raises a pig. And it's a pig. It's like a pig slaughtering farm. Hmm. That's like how they make their money. Okay. And uh, raising pigs on slaughtering. Making pig thyroid all day long. <laughs> They're making kids kill their pigs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. So you could have your thyroid. So. Damn. Yeah, so this kid actually has to end up killing his pig. Jeez. Oh no! Wait, maybe at the end or he doesn't kill his pig. Yeah, I, mean, it's I can't remember. The day no pigs die. Be... The day no pigs would die, but I think it's because he sacrifices his pig, or something like that. Huh. Anyway, okay, I'll have to look it's a up. sad book. <laughs> Check it out. It sounds yeah, sounds like just from title alone, sounds kind of either it could be sad or uplifting. Yeah. So, what was your view of me in high school? What did you think of, when you think of me in high school? Do you think I was like jock? No. Okay. I don't think you <laughs> well don't say with such disdain all right uh, i was, I, I was a on a bunch of teams i, I, I was, was on the a... swim team mr shahey was the coach uh you're more I did of a cross country well not till later but yeah i t- literally I like i did not do anything i did I had tennis lessons in like middle school and i did those mm. once a week and that is the extent of anything remotely <laughs> athletic so maybe you were a jock i like the idea of just sleeping on the side of the car <laughs> Yeah, that was... Oh, just little Nate always trying to take cat naps. I would sleep for six days. I wonder if I have a thyroid up. thing. How do you figure that out? Because I would sleep all the time. And I would fall asleep. But I was, like, working two jobs and trying to do sports. Jesus. So, yeah. You had a reason. I could, could not have done that. 
um, blood work. Basically, they like draw your blood at the if you go to your physician or whatever. They'll yeah. Take it. I mean, I've done uh, physicals and they've never said anything. But do they have to like be like, hey, check my thyroid? Yeah. Uh, Did they draw your blood or they? Yeah, they yeah. check your blood. Yeah. Right? So diabetes was always more the thing I was scared of because my weight. Yeah, and it runs in my family, so I'll probably get it one day. Okay, so what did you think about me in high school? Um, I thought you were like cool. You were friends oh, with uh, that's nice. <laughs> Genevieve and stuff, and she's uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. She's she like, cool. Have I you, still think of her as like one of the cooler people I've ever met. I don't know. When I think when I was talking about long distance relationships, I was thinking about Genevieve because <laughs> she went to Germany mm-hmm. in high school, and then she like kept a long term boyfriend. They're married now, but oh wow, yeah, and she moved to Germany. Does, <laughs> Do you let follow her Instagram? Uh, I think she got I don't really know. Into We're friends dancing. on Facebook. Yes, I've seen pole and dancing stuff. It's and... remarkable. <laughs> yeah, it's... she can do a pull up for sure. She, can, she holds herself on the bar. It's ridiculous. It's the gymnastics rings of of women. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's pole dancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it might even it's probably harder than gymnastics. I don't know if it is, but depends At on the how level she's doing it. Definitely. <laughs> right. They're basically gymnasts. Like yeah, it's it's super impressive because you don't think of someone getting like I don't know when I think of like out of high school like more flexible more like stronger like not night and day. falling apart yeah <laughs> as soon as you graduate it's like how do i get there hard work i guess but anyway uh with Genevieve. yeah and sh- like keep talking about me you were so freaking cool dude and I mean, uh, yeah thanks you were on i don't know you're on like that many teams and stuff that's kind of crazy i never did any of the practice i mean i would do the practices because i wanted to like lose weight and like i liked running and stuff but i w- was also um I started teaching at this karate school, uh, Mountain States, and they paid me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could never do any of the meets because I had, like, classes I had to, I, you know, was responsible for teaching and stuff. So, you just, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I knew where they were I'm... having, like, trouble, like, just keeping Derek and Tate, you know them? Yeah. Remember them? Broke like, Markle? Yeah. And, like, Shay Hay would have to, like, bully them into showing up to s- swim classes. Like, he would just, like, harangue them, trying to get them to show up because they didn't want to do it. But if he pushed them enough, yeah, they were in, go. like, track. I remember them being in, like, track and swimming and shit, actually, yeah. Yeah. And I was always kind of jealous that you were friends with them, because they were, like, the really smart kids. Yeah, they were peak peak nerd. And, yeah, they uh, <laughs> were definitely peak nerd, and I they were wasn't like on that level. I wasn't on that level. people, but, like, not quite. Yeah, way anime yeah, yeah, they like moved to Japan and learned right. fucking Japanese. Yeah, they're really into anime. <laughs> right. I just like the the they weren't socially so awkward. They were probably a little. I mean, mm, I, yeah, they were. that's why we were friends, probably. But in the first place, but like they were people beyond. Do you remember like Kaylin Harding? The name sounds familiar. I can't. She's like the most anime nerd I've ever met. Like so, like little blonde girl. Uh, no, she's okay. like bigger and had the most annoying laugh i've ever heard in my life and would like scream all the time and just like we watched um i think she was like bipolar or something we watched like schindler's list and i remember and she was like bawling from the second it started to the end (laughs) and like black and white (laughs) (laughs) i don't like this (laughs) where's the color right okay anyway uh, Sorry, she has a problem. Or so I think of like people like that as like full anime nerd, and then they were like fifty percent, like borderline. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, she was mental. Actually, needed to be medicated, but Beatrice Perea is another one that I think of as oh yeah, relatively anime nerdy. First girlfriend. Oh yeah, I, f- I, f- I knew there's some association there, but her brother actually lived in an apartment uh, right next to mine when I moved here. Oh dang, yeah, Didn't I think you? I saw him at Vasa the other day too. 
Wow. He's a big guy. Have you seen him? He, like, power lifts. No, I have not. I don't even know she had a brother, but... Yeah. Where does she, she live? Do you know? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> you Wouldn't it brother? be weird if I, li- if I knew where my very first girlfriend lived? Well, you might have seen her around. 20, I don't know if you see her brother. Maybe you, know, you could ask her, years like, later. Where, have you, where's nah, the address? I don't really talk to him. <laughs> He's too intimidating. He's just yeah. too huge. I'm like, hey, remember when I dated your sister? <laughs> <laughs> remember that? That's your whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's totally awesome. <laughs> Remember that? Remember how I was around sometimes? Yeah. That was, that's it. Yeah. My first girlfriend was in New Mexico, mm-hmm. randomly. We had this, like... So you had a lot of long-distance things, huh? Yeah, I guess that was kind of my first one was long distance, basically. Maybe was she first? I think. Yeah, she was. No, she wasn't. Was a religious thing a big uh, hard hard to get past? No, I'm sure people thought you were very religious because of your dad. Probably, yeah, they they did. A lot of baggage kind of comes with that, right? Yeah, it's just that people leap to that, but I I really wasn't. She actually, my first girlfriend was Muslim. Sophia was Muslim. Yeah, Uh, she didn't like wear the hijab or anything, but. She was, her and her best friend were, were, her friend wore the hijab and they're like two of the coolest people I've ever met. And you went to New Mexico or? Yeah. So we had like, there's a place called Ghost Ranch that's a Presbyterian retreat center and, but it's like known in New Mexico. Like people, non-Presbyterians go to it. That was like your rebellious, like summer fling. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Even though my parents were totally cool with it, but let's pretend like they were mad. Uh, (laughs) No, It's a better story if they were mad, but. Um, so she just, she'd be there. She lived in Abiquiu, New Mexico, which is like right next to it. And, uh, she'd just be there every summer. And so I'd see her like once a year and we, I don't know if we were dating the whole time, but we did call each other like constantly and we still are friends on Facebook and talk (laughs) occasionally, although she's married now, but lost my chance. It's not going to stop me. It's not going (laughs) to stop me from following our Facebook. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we're still friends. But uh, yeah, we we would see each other once a year, and uh, she was my first kiss once a year, basically. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She'd come to Colorado once in a while, but just for you. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm I like. I need a... to see my Colorado boyfriend. <laughs> That's how I imagine her talking. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. She's so so ditzy and yeah, nah, no, just, just you know passionate. Yeah, she freaking loved me. <laughs> That's probably why I had to break up. It was unhealthy for her to codependent. Yeah, we were eleven year old codependents. <laughs> Whoa, 11? Or 12, I don't know. I think we met at 11, yeah. You're getting it before me, that's for sure. Uh, Okay, I think we're getting a little too much into the weeds about our, uh, you know, a mutual but very specific high school experience. So I'm going to try and move on a little bit from that, although I would love to just keep talking about girls we dated (laughs) and, you know, relationships that never were and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, what do you you think there is is a correlation between, you know, like... um, religion seeing your dad speak on uh you know on stage quote unquote and you wanting to be in comedy you know be the person in charge being the person being listened to and yeah i think so do you I, think you'd see your dad up there and be like i could be funnier than that <laughs> yeah he actually was like pretty funny like he would write material almost every oh, okay. week okay he was known for having like funny serums sermons like Ooh, he was a funny yeah preacher. The, the wacky Ooh, a funny preacher pastor yeah he would like call up people and do impressions into their like voicemail machine and stuff he would like of who it's like other people in the congregation no (laughs) Uh, that was brenda he could knew that one huh like george w bush or it was like those it was the bush years and he was crazy liberal and 
hated Bush so much that like he would loved making fun of him. Him and like Donald Rumsfeld and all these Bush era politicians and stuff. He loved the impressions were like not bad either, but <laughs> he would like do little bits on people's okay. like machines and stuff. And um, so I think I, I got my sense of humor from my dad and just seeing him be funny probably was part of it. And he also like introduced me to George Carlin who was like the in my like angsty middle school years when the are three years apart. I forgot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's okay. Um, we have to, you know, start bringing it up to move past it. So right. It's yeah, to process it. Um, so I was like reading all these George Carlin books and listening to specials and he came to Greeley once actually. And Oh really? Yeah. Damn. I missed that. Huh? He was like working on his HBO special or something. Crazy. So to the C- civic center. Or yeah. Did you go to the civic? Damn. Damn. Civic Crazy. Center. And me and my dad went, and it was like awesome. That of, is great. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's so dope. One of my best childhood memories, probably. Yeah. Was, was that what a good dad, you right? And for a pastor, like my, I mean, George Carlin cool. was doing jokes about like all the pussy that's wasted underground because it's like buried or whatever. He was, <laughs> it was like so dirty and so dark, and my dad was like laughing till he was crying. Like he, he, he had. It's surprisingly dirty sense of humor. Like it was he, his favorite. Anyway, I remember George Carlin having his like notebook on stage, and I like it, re- it made me feel better later about like checking my notes that like even Carlin was. Oh yeah, he's just on had stage. a notebook out and was you know. That's how you do it. He just had to remember the whole thing, but it was a uh, it was a good good memory, and so he was one of the reasons I got into comedy, e- even outside of just seeing him be funny every week and get people to laugh. And he was funny off stage too. People like. People would hang out for like an hour after the the service ended just to like talk to him. And Your so. dad, not George Carlin. Uh, not George Carlin. Okay. No. <laughs> Never had George Carlin attend our right. service. Okay, so he's a very um, charismatic guy. You feel like you got some of that stuff from him? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because you're pretty I... experimental on stage. You've done things with like cue cards, you've done things with, you know, um, audio off your phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to mix things up if i can i don't know if i <laughs> i never know how charismatic i am but um I, f- I feel sometimes i'm charismatic but um i feel like i'm still working on that yeah, part. yeah but well, anyway uh in terms of just time. being experimental i do like a lot of kind of things that are called alt comedy and i know alt comedy is always like looked down on or made fun of but i don't think so much now maybe back in the ten yeah years ago. maybe early 2000 yeah, yeah people were more, early 2010s. more against it uh but like I don't know, Dimitri Martin's pretty alt, and there's all there's like good great comics who, yeah. If you can do it well, I think no one considers you hacky if you do it well. Yeah, I mean, there's bad alt comedy. I think when you're taking a risk, it looks worse. If you're if you're not like if you bomb with alt comedy, it just it's perceived as like yeah more lame. Do you th- if, do you find it hard to like kind of shake things up, like to do something with cue cards or do something? That's something that's like. It would be really hard for me to do because I feel like people perceive me a certain way and like I, I should be doing whatever works already on stage. But yeah. that's one of the trappings of, I don't know, being more established or, you know. Yeah, I, I, I do like get embarrassed sometimes that I'm doing something alt-y or whatever. I, I, I feel people like kind of judging me for bringing out props or whatever else. But if it makes me laugh, I'm going to do it. And like plenty of Bo Burnham and... There's plenty of people. Steve Martin was probably would have been called an alt comic if he started today. Like, oh yeah. I, I'm not comparing myself to him, but I'm just he had props all the time, and I know Carrot Top ruined prop comedy, but Steve Martin was like did so many things that would be made fun of. Yeah, no one would even that the comedy yeah. police would be all over now. Like, yeah. even though you know he's one of the best comics that's ever lived, probably. 
um, at least in my opinion. Um, so I try to just like do what I think is funny and ignore whatever the people haters. are thinking of it. Yeah, the haters. <laughs> um, although I've seen like video of me doing props at like comedy works and stuff, and I'm like, okay, it looks it looks weird on that stage. It just doesn't look right in a comedy club stage to have. Are they into it? Props. Yeah, the jokes jokes would work. It just I kind of get why people make fun of it at in a club atmosphere. But yeah, um, not to say I might still do my like Sonic. But if people come it, to see like Piff the Drag at Magic Dragon was doing stuff and. You know, he's like a big Vegas act. I wish I would have saw him actually. I was like, what hacky when I first saw his picture up there. Yeah. That oh coming to comedy work soon. But uh it'd be no. nice to I should just start going to everything, like see all it the helps. comics that come it through helps. and and just see how they handle that stage and, and what, what it looks like when someone's crushing with Yeah, I was going a lot more when I was uh, you know, single and uh <laughs> Uh, didn't have other obligations, you know, right. a full-time job and things like that. I would uh, stop by and go see a lot more shows. I just, like, stumbled into Tom Segura, one of his shows, before, wow. like, right when he hit. Like, um, they had a little a seat for me off by the, in the wings. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's it's cool that you can just stumble into, you know, bigger acts or whatever. And, uh, I th- yeah, I do think it's beneficial to see people, you know, at the top of their game doing it. Yeah, I got kind of gun-shy about trying to show up and get into shows because I went to, I went to Joey Diaz and it was like sold out. I don't think I knew that at the, when I got there, but like they did see didn't call. I didn't call. You I think call. I'm one, one of the reasons <laughs> like the day after I did it or like a week after there was some announcement of like, you need to call need the to day call, of, yeah. and then if it's not sold out, they'll let you. Yeah. In. They definitely make you nervous about it. They d- deter a lot of people from it because they, yeah. Or so But they want you to show up too because they you, say they want you to, but then they also make you feel so <laughs> awkward when you do. So it's like Right. I think the staff doesn't want you to, and then like Wendy does want you to go watch comics. Because I've listened I listened to the How Comedy Works podcast, like there's like fifty episodes. I think I she says them. that, but she also doesn't want you to come and not I mean I've buy I've drinks. Saw, or, yeah, well yeah. yeah, you gotta buy drinks definitely. If you if you go to be in the audience, you have to be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm more than willing to yeah, pay for drinks. Yeah, if I, if I go for a show, I guess I'm I, I'm expecting to have to to do the two drink minimum thing mm-hmm. and tip a little bit. You know, right. I mean, I guess it is in your best interest for the server to remember you as a good tipper or like someone they don't mind being in their their section. Yeah, it only and behooves you to do that. I guess I tip for like diet cokes and stuff. Oh yeah, I would get like root beers and then or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's because like you know sometimes I don't feel like drinking or whatever. I remember the last time I went, I. Got some sodas, but mm-hmm. uh, also isn't great for the sugar. But anyway, you know, there's there's give and take on everything. Yeah, so I, I want to be better about it. I, but I, I like you said, I don't want the staff to be like hating me that I'm. If you over tip, like, then I guess you know they can't hate true. you. I just need to tip like ten dollars every time, and they'll yeah, part like, of me wants love to me. go in there and be like, here, I'm going to give you twenty dollars, and you just <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> uh, probably and you need work. to keep the whole twenty dollars. Or I'm gonna have to buy fucking three dollars worth of shit, and then you get less money, you know. But I feel like that would work, unless I don't know. Maybe the manager's like all over them and checking know. the checking whether they're doing that kind of stuff. Maybe, but I don't know. Well, you'd have to it'd try be it pretty out. baller. Yeah, you can ask them when you go to New Talent Night tonight. Yeah, I need to. I need to do that. <laughs> I've been doing like improv a lot, oh, and okay. uh, where at? Uh, well, the the main class I like is like at Voodoo, and it ends at seven thirty, and so it, like. It's always a debate whether I do improv or I go to Comedy Works to hang out to do the standby. And so far, improv has been like winning. Because you get to actually be active in those things, right? Is it like yeah. a drop-in class? 
Yeah, it's like okay. five bucks, and they have the same like teachers as if you pay their like two hundred fifty dollar class that lasts for eight weeks. Instead, you're spending forty bucks maybe over those eight weeks that just paying five dollars each time. Um, so it's just it like makes a lot more sense to me to pay for that. Class Are they like than... teaching lessons, or is it just like, hey, we're jumping in and doing scenes or doing the? They do like teach the three act thing. Okay, stuff. So it's actually like games yeah. and shit. And a lot of the people there are new, so they're they're teaching them, and you pick up stuff. And I've taken other improv classes, so I I know like a chunk of things, but I there's a lot you forget. And improvs, there's, it's involved. There's like there's a lot of kind of deep concepts on like how to perform, and that's one of the reasons I like it. Is it just it's teaches me about stand up, and stand up doesn't have that same yeah because you're actively doing something, you're actively performing. It, it seems to me like a jiu-jitsu versus like some kind of traditional taekwondo like you can go through the forms or whatever in taekwondo but in jiu-jitsu you're actually rolling with somebody like you're putting the concepts immediately into practice Mm -hmm. which is super helpful yeah and improv people like understand theater at a deep level like i realized that stand-up is a form of theater it's just yeah you're performing yeah because you're i mean if you're doing the same material for the 90th time like you're some touring headliner 90th time in a year you're acting you're pretending to <laughs> think this yeah. is still funny because even even my you know comics you don't think of as laughing at their own jokes are laughing a little bit at their own like they're smiling they're yeah there's a little bit of performance to it right smiling at this part you know letting the audience know it's okay to laugh at this or mm-hmm. you know subtle but things in your own in their own brain they might be bored a little bit but i mean it's it's fun to crush no matter what so i think a lot of this the smiling probably is to some extent sincere but i also I don't know. Louis C.K., I remember watching, you know, before he was canceled, like, he, he whoa, uh, deservedly canceled. I don't know. I'm, I'm pro him being canceled mostly. Um, but uh, he would laugh at his own jokes, like, all the time. And I'm like, there's no way you find that funny the hundredth time you've said it in nine months or whatever. Like, there's just... But that's a performance cue that's like, it's okay to laugh at yeah. this or, like, I'm okay with this so and it's weird if you okay don't kind of like it's weird if you're not smiling I, that's my biggest pet peeve about watching my own comedies i'm like why am i not it looks weird that yeah. i'm not so it's that's my current thing is just like learning to smile more Look like and, you're having fun yeah and i it, honestly that criticism myself actually it's like people are like it doesn't look like you're having fun on stage right and i'm like well if they laughed then i would be <laughs> <laughs> i was crushing i'd be <laughs> smiling my ass up. Yeah. um and but it just I realized it looks looks strange when you're not it actually like you're doing comedy you're doing the supposedly fun thing and you look bored out of your mind or angry almost angry or, that they're not you know yeah uh, receiving it the way you wanted them to or whatever and that was that's my been my thing I'm working on lately is bringing energy to it or I like started doing squats a little bit before like air squats before I get on stage Just and get the blood pumping. huh? Yeah. And it feels a little pretentious, but it's crazy how much it changes like the tone of my set. And I'm, I'm just in a better mood when I'm on stage for just because of the physical blood flowing through me. Yeah. I do think, you know, the biggest key for me is just like, stop caring what other people think, man. Like that's the hardest thing for me still. Yeah. I need to take more mushrooms till I don't care at all and then i'll well that might affect your performance on stage well <laughs> i won't i won't pull a ben bryant and be high on mushrooms on stage but um i i do i mean it feels makes me feel more free and like it it teaches me that it doesn't matter ego isn't like a thing that gets in the way of i don't want to look dumb i don't want to look whatever you know experimenting is how you get better at comedy and 
So it's maybe not necessarily experimenting with drugs specifically. Not always, yeah. It can, not it always. can ruin your comedy. Yeah. If you're taking the wrong drugs, but mm-hmm. or taking them too often until you go insane, uh, which a couple comics I've, I've uh, you know seen do that, but definitely borderline. <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't done any psychedelics in like a year or something, but um, I, I like them in general. About a year, huh? So you did some psychedelics and then got sober the next month, huh? Sure. Yeah, it, it might have been related. Interesting. I do. Uh, like, I think they might be related. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I think the general thing that I, the fact that I have done psychedelics is definitely one of the reasons I quit drinking is it just makes you more aware of taking care of yourself and right. doing the things that will improve your life, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, Here, keep my fingers crossed for you. All right, let's get some of these lightning round questions, okay? First thing that pops in your head, but doesn't have to be a one word answer. All right. Who do you think you are? Uh, Nate Brown. Um, who do I think I am? <laughs> I am a nerd who's learned to dress like not a nerd, and you think who, you're dressed like not a nerd right now? <laughs> less of a nerd. <laughs> you got a puffy, I dress better puffy than, jacket on, everybody. I dress a it's classic. Nice. Nerd it's a nice wear. jacket. I'm just like, come on. Rory Scovel complimented this this oh, jacket, really? so you can't get me down about this jacket. And maybe he was making fun of it. I don't know. He's he's a comedian, so <laughs> now maybe he was making fun. Now I'm all insecure about it. I'm <laughs> no, throwing a dumpster look, on my way look out here. Nice. Thank you. God. At least like I'm just gonna stop bringing up high school after this. But relative to high school Nate, who just like dressed in over over like sized shirts and didn't care at all. Everything was like ratty and crap. Like holes in my pants and stuff. Hey, you have nice pants. I, I, I go to Ross and I, I, I splurge. I buy two pairs of jeans a year. And, oh, wow. And then <laughs> How often do you wash them? Like once a week or something. Once a, okay. Yeah. Well, because I was just curious. Like, I, I would wash my jeans every time I, you know, wear them. But I know. I think <laughs> I as think I get older, I'll go normal. Longer. Yeah. Without I, washing them. I think the fact that women don't wash their jeans either, like I've learned that, that Makes me feel better about it. I don't feel as gross. If yeah, women are yeah. cool wearing those same jeans every day, then or you know, apparently you're not supposed to wash them every day. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's necessary. If you're wearing you're underwear like wear or not, and stuff, yeah. yeah, just like walking around. I don't know if you're if you're going bareback. Wait, you whatever. wash your underwear every day? <laughs> I do. I do not rewear my underwear. Okay, weird gotcha. like that. Sorry, interrupted the line. No, no, around. it's great. No, yeah, a nerd who learned to dress like not a nerd. Yeah, who's. who's Doing a good job of covering up. Not really. Doing an okay job of not looking as nerdy as before. Although I wear glasses now, which probably has enhanced my nerdy nerdy look. You can have stylish glasses. Yeah. I went to Warby Parker. I think this was a birthday gift, these glasses. Nice. All right. Uh, what makes you so great? <laughs> I, I'm nice. I don't know. I'm nice to people. That's probably the best thing about me. Maybe. I, don't, I, I think being nice Maybe. is... Maybe. Really... <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a self-esteem to be like, yeah, I am really great, and here's the ten reasons why. But I, th- I think I'm pretty friendly, and that'd be that'd be my my proudest thing. Is, I don't know. I'd like to I like to not treat people like crap. It's good. It's good. This feels like uh, therapy now. <laughs> what motivates you? I'd like to have a fun life. I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons I do comedy and stuff is just trying not to have a standard American boring life of. Going to job, going to your job, never doing anything outside of your job, and then ending up lonely and you know dying alone or whatever else. That's like the stereotype in my brain. It's just like going through a divorce and then people drinking themselves to death and shit. So to not I'm, be common, 
I guess so. Yeah. To to try to have a different I think the standard American life is not something that makes you happy. And so trying to branch out of that is is important as much as possible. Um and to to have an alternative life I think is probably the best approach to to ending up a happy person. Not one of the reasons I work out and stuff. I think that's another way to I guess working out's more American than I'm giving it credit for. But it's one of the things that's made me happiest is working out. But anyway, I don't know how that got up. <laughs> got part of the part of that answer. You work out, we get it. <laughs> yeah, man. just shoehorn in anywhere I can. <laughs> Are you an artist? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, I do think stand up can be an art. I've. It's not always. Maybe sixty percent isn't, but a good forty percent might maybe is, or maybe maybe ten percent. Who knows? But there's a a British comic Stuart Lee who's like he's my favorite comedian. And um, he just does such different, intelligent material. Like one of his specials, his closer is like he runs out behind the stage, comes out into the audience. The audience doesn't know he's going to show up. They don't know where he went. And then he like pops up at the back of the balcony and is just like yelling the rest of his set out. And just the the amount of risks he takes and, and how funny it ends up being, it just that kind of made me accept that stand-up can be an art and can be like high art if it, if it's done well. Sounds enough. more like theater than art. I mean, the yeah. stand up at that point, huh? Yeah. Well, like I said, I think stand up can be can be theater. And he's he's like somebody who's read up, you know, on the history of theater. And I read his book, and he goes off about like how the importance of like clowns in like early French society. They would have they would be the ones who could break all the rules like once a year. I can't remember the name of the, like the festival, but they would have this thing where they could just they could walk around the town and like steal the richest man in town's shoes and like throw them in a well or something and just they were outside of society's normal their norms or whatever the rules of society and that that's what comedians kind of are is people who can take the piss out of as a british (laughs) british comic like Stuart Lee would say take the piss out of out of the powerful or the the rules that maybe churches set up or whatever else and, and, and that thing so um yeah I don't know where I was going with that. No, it's a, yeah, I think it's good. What is art? I think it's a non-productive part of life. It's the the thing where you're just you're willing to waste a bunch of time doing something that maybe doesn't make you any money, and that's been most art. Like a lot of art for centuries has been someone has is sponsored by a rich dude who or or gal, maybe you know, maybe in the last half century, but there's a lot of sponsors of art like or van gogh like i read his like letters to his brother or whatever and it was like one of the most inspiring things i've read about it just because he one he like hated all his art like to the end as he's painting starry night he's like i'm i'm total crap and i hope (laughs) one day like this thing will inspire someone to actually be good at painting but i'm terrible at it um and he was like hella broke his entire his most most of his uh, letters to his brother are just him begging for money to like have him be sent so van gogh can keep painting like 10 hours a day which is how he got so good he also started at age 30 which makes me less impatient about getting where i want to be in comedy in, in terms of just performance and ability and stuff and so i think it's it's a thing where it's not totally rational to making your life better in terms of just how much money you have in your bank account but it's it's a a thing that kind of feeds the spirit and 
feel very highfalutin mm. right now. But, no, that's good. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Thanks. Feeds the spirit. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, does art imitate life or does life imitate art? I think art or life imitates art more than ever right now. I think, I mean, I probably since TV and television and movies, we're all sort of, a lot of people have movies as the way life should be. And they're like, they're trying to get to the, to the point where their life is like a movie. They're trying to be like, have it be like a romantic comedy or, whatever else. I think it's almost a problem how much people are trying to make their life like a television life or a movie life. I don't think that's one it's movies are there. They don't have attachment to like the monetary reality, like, you know, friends and stuff. All those people couldn't afford that apartment. Like classic example or sex in the city where it's like, there's no way she could afford that apart that right, thing. Yeah. It's just, there's so many, unrealistic expectations that come from it but probably probably life imitates art would be my answer <laughs> i forgot this is a lightning round i keep no no this is great 30 minute no no i said it doesn't have to be one word answer okay. but it's, you know, i'd oh. like to the first thing that comes to your mind you know okay what gives you the right <laughs> um i'm realizing you're probably everyone else has done funny answers for these and i'm taking no, it so seriously definitely not i'm just i'm an alpha male and uh i do what i want lightning answer right there <laughs> okay <laughs> Oh. Staring you down. Right now. Yeah, I mean, it was a very intense eye contact. Yeah. Where's the line between creativity and insanity? Insanity or insanity? Or I guess the similar answers, the similar questions. Um, I do think being crazy a little bit helps with art. And it's a totally sane person is usually not very creative. Someone who has not had problems or anything else, anything go wrong is not almost certainly not going to be a funny person and not going to be a creative different person. You have to have something happen to you that's out of the ordinary to have you be good at, at art and have you be able to say something new or whatever else. So I'm burping into the mic. Um, me burped away from the mic. Perfect. I am a pro now. Mm -hmm. You've taught me, you've coached me to the end that <laughs> now I'm, I'm ready to host my own podcast. Well, we'll see. I forgot what the question. Oh, creativity and sanity. I don't know. It seems like being a little like being mentally ill is so many of the my favorite comics are probably, you know, at least have depression, but often like bipolar, or, you know, have been institutionalized and stuff like that. Chain Moss was institutionalized. I don't know if you know that guy, but I don't know him personally. Yeah, the name. He's my best friend, so oh, okay. I can introduce you. But he was institutionalized at one point. I haven't been. Now it sounds like I have, but I, I haven't been. <laughs> nice uh, caveat. Yeah, let's be very clear that I never went to an institution. <laughs> Nothing against so people. So I that. think it, you think it's not necessary, but it does make somebody better as a com comedian. Yeah, I think it just leads to different thinking, more surprising thinking. Like for comedy, being surprising is one of the biggest things. I think that's actually like a George Carlin insight or thought is that surprise is like the biggest element of a joke you're saying something they don't expect to come out of your mouth or you're doing you're performing in a way where you're screaming out of nowhere or something and it's just it's people are taken off guard and you're not leading them down this path they thought they were going down so that seems like that's one of the biggest biggest parts of comedy so where's the line between creativity and insanity the line um insanity Creativity, insanity. Where's the line? Um, it's, a, it's a deep question that I'm not sure I fully understand, but... Do you think uh, there's a difference? 
and sanity. I th- yes, I think the the line between <laughs> between creativity and sanity is what I keep wanting to answer. Is that I, I going I insane think, with creativity? Yeah, you can go beyond creative to straight up being insane and not uh, insanity comes life. from creativity. I th- I think creativity comes from insanity or comes from not thinking in a totally traditional sane way or grounded way but i'm also buying into the stereotype of you know there's plenty of sane people maybe more sane than the super productive wall street banker there's like a lot of stand-up comics are probably more sane than that lifestyle in my opinion so maybe 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 creativity is the highest form of sanity i don't know but uh, Interesting. I feel I so like pretentious no, that's right great. now. No, I love it. Oh, that's <laughs> what it's about, man. That's what it's about. Yeah, I guess it. I mean, that is like the idea of what is it called, like self-actualization or something, like the insanity hierarchy <laughs> of needs, like that the highest form of sanity or or actualization or whatever is to to make art, but and to be able to make art in a in a good art that expresses who you are and what you've been through and what what you're trying to say to the world, what your message is. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. I think uh, you did it to I, the best I of your riffed, ability. I riffed on the topics, the two words yeah, mentioned as best I could. I can I can hear no, everyone making fun of me. On the <laughs> I'll be making fun of you. Yeah, just because it's comics. I mean, if it's comics listening to this, they'll be like, why? He's, he's so freaking pretentious. That's all I, all I can hear them If you saying. had a good answer, something they connect with, then they... Yeah, maybe. Maybe they thought I was so deep and fucking smart. <laughs> That's my goal here. Yeah, that's for them to think you're smart. Smart AF. I read books sometimes. You got a lot of books in here. Are you yeah. a big reader? I listen to more things. I I got a lot of books when I was younger in the hopes that I would read them. I have a million. And then books I just now I just get I everything read. on audio, dude. The audio Audible is like my best friend. Never done. I could. I just don't have like the focus for audiobooks. For some reason, like I if I'm reading it on the page, I can go back. And if I'm not, if I didn't catch a sentence and uh, audiobooks, I just, I listen to podcasts constantly. You can always go back. 30 second, I guess 30 second that's button. True. I guess that's true. I don't know if maybe when I gave it an attempt like 10 years ago, I just, they didn't have that feature yet. But especially following like a story, my brain just doesn't click with doing it via audio. But uh, no, I love it. I, I like the it. idea. I love, it's like you're being read to. I love being read to. True. Growing up, that was, you know, it's my shit. favorite. Yeah. I'm jealous of all the kids who got Harry Potter. Yeah, that was before me. Or that was uh, after me. And then would your parents not let you read it? They would. I just mean they wouldn't. Like, getting read, Harry Potter read to you, I think, is one of the Dude, best. Jim Dale. Gotta an audible. Gotta get it, bro. I've heard there's... there's He did it, and then uh, that British guy Stephen did it. Stephen Fry. Yes. You can't get the British version on American Audible, I guess, because <laughs> I've tried to find the Stephen Fry version on Audible. But you have to like be in Britain to get that shit. Gotta spoof your IP p address. Yeah, or whatever. I don't know how you do that. Maybe I we can talk know. a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah, get into the not what this podcast is about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you can get it on YouTube or something, but I haven't been able to get it on Audible. Yeah, yeah. I bet it is on YouTube. Um, Probably. There's ways to get like Jim Br- Dale British amazing. Netflix too. Jim Dale is amazing. 
Yeah, I've heard heard good things. They do like voices and stuff. Yeah, and... he does all the voices and stuff. My girlfriend doesn't like the way he does women's voices, like little girl <laughs> voices, but it's like Hermione and eleven year old. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. I'm picturing like a really... my fiance. I should have said fiance. fiance Damn man. it! I didn't even catch it. I guess yeah. you didn't catch it either. But mm-hmm. I caught it now. I'm picturing like a really ditzy Hermione now. Just like it's like ooh, Harry, Harry. Yeah, I guess more you like do your bridge. homework again. God. <laughs> I would listen to like a an American version of that, like yeah, no one Americanized. Would, no one hears. I that. do think it'd be fun to do like a Western version of like wizards in the Wild West of that America. Be, that could be interesting. I was hoping to do like such a strong fan fiction version that J.K. endorses it, mm-hmm. and then it gets made. It rips it off. She just plagiarizes it. And... Um, well, I guess if I got paid, that'd be fine. Um, and then I guess it's not plagiarism, but maybe. <laughs> I guess if she sends you a cut, you just be like the ghost yeah, just writer. Get the movie rights or something, you know. Get some. Be a secret millionaire. No one would know you're the genius behind the. Yeah, that'd be okay with that. Second seven. I say that Harry now, Potter guess, books. Yeah, yeah. Where he time travels. Yeah. What would the name of the kid be? We have to be like Americanized. Larry. <laughs> Larry. Larry. No, it's more of let's say Ron. Larry is more of like a Ron sidekick type name in yeah, America. I'm trying to think of you like have to be a, like Harry Potter. Cletus. So like a John Smith. No, yeah, the Pocahontas. Yeah, it's Pocahontas. Best friend, person, a love interest. So John Smith as as a as a wizard. Is yeah, what you like a see. young American wizard trying to get by in the West. Mm-hmm. Did Poc was she like magical in the Disney? I remember she had like. Mm, I mean, I guess colors she did of talk the to the spirits around. She, yeah, she wasn't like a witch though. There yeah, were... she didn't cast spells. That <laughs> no. probably would be a little. I mean, she did kind of fly a little bit. I remember she like jumps off something and. Oh, yeah. The wind kind of carries her. I've seen that movie like a hundred times, and I should remember it better than I have. <laughs> Although my sister watched it so many times that like the the VHS was staticky. We missed oh, like there was like half an hour missing from it. And you seem to me like more of like you'd be a new um, Hunchback of Notre Dame kind of guy. Mm, no, I was I've seen it a few times, but my go tos were like Aladdin. And um, the Great Mouse Detective. Oh yeah, Basil yeah. of Baker Street. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. It's a good one. It's on uh, Disney Plus. Oh, I need to get a free trial or something. <laughs> yeah, dude. Watch get, all my do it. childhood memories. It's so good, worth it. Any childhood movie I've seen since I've like realized I did not understand the plot whatsoever. <laughs> like I just liked the sequence of images. Like I would re- I would remember the look of everything, but I'm like, oh, I didn't know any of that was happening in Aladdin. I just liked how pretty it looked. Hmm. What a dumb kid Nate, young Nate Brown was. Well, you were tired a lot. Yeah, I was. Your brain my wasn't thyroid at 100%. Wasn't letting anything store in my memory. <laughs> it's all right. I still don't remember plots of movies that, like, even my favorite movies, I don't remember really what happens in them. I just remember liking the feeling of, of it or the mood of a movie. Interesting. Basically. So that's our uh, a little pitch for a movie right now. It's what we've been kind of ending the podcast with. Okay, what's your favorite genre? Um... Sci-fi is up there. I don't know. The Matrix was my favorite movie for a long time. I don't know if that's a sci-fi exactly, but I like Interstellar a lot and kind of... Okay, so time travely maybe or... Kind of mind-bending-ish okay. type movies. Like. Okay, I like the idea of a preacher's son, right? Main character uh-huh. who like kind of finds some kind of... He like goes beyond... Talisman. Like finds some text or something. Like he... Well, if he like deciphers some kind of... Uh... Ancient... Kind of Da Vinci Code ish, but maybe you know, sci fi. I'm trying to think of like, what if he's like transcribing something into a computer and like, 
while he's doing that, the computer does something to it. That he like sees some kind of pair. Yeah, he sees some kind of. Okay, the computer takes on some kind of life of its own because of the sacred text he's putting into it. That's that is a good idea. Okay, damn, that is mind bending. (laughs) Turns out, some ancient Babylonian thing is actually like code. It's like computer code. They don't really know why it's computer code. Yeah, and it gives it sentience. Yes. Yes. Comes to life, and then it has some Babylonian message or yeah some kind of doomsday proclamation and then you have to yeah it's kind of like a uh, contact that was one, that was one of my first favorite movies have you seen that no it's they like send it's aliens that send a plan through space for a like device that lets you teleport to them and they spend billions like building this uh, device this like I don't know how to describe it but it's a bunch of rings that like spin around and then you are teleported to it's a great movie you should see it anyway the Babylonian, Babylonians could maybe have that on, similar thing okay plans for blueprints for some kind of time travel device yeah okay so you okay so it's like a, what, how old is this kid like is he teens or is he older now like I'm picturing younger I'm picturing like the Stranger Things age. Mm, I want to go a little bit older with it. Like, uh, because then it's, I don't know, the Matrix, but with a kid. Yeah, child actors are pretty crappy, so that's true. They're actually getting pretty good, but I I want it to be like an older. There's enough like LA moms now that have pushed their kids into being good at acting. What if it's like, okay, this preacher's kid kind of came, went away from the religion, right? His dad dies, he has to come back, and he wants him to like take over his parish or something. And he's like, all right, I guess I might as well like digitize this shit. Starts Mm -hmm. like, so he trying to make an a, online church or something, you know. Yeah. And then it becomes sent, you know, he figures out this Babylonian text or whatever. And should it should it be like a doomsday thing or is it a time travel thing? Or like he figures out a time travel. I guess a doomsday is more classic. I, yeah. I know time travel is my idea, but it's true that if it's if they're trying to take out humans or... Yeah, what is the text like telling him? Like, is Jesus real? Is it not the creation story for real? That's a good question. I mean, if it's like computer code, no question. We're making it up. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it's a computer code. It's like it's he doesn't know what it says yet. Okay, so, but he knows there's. He just knows like he needs to transcribe it. Maybe he's sending it to somebody or like some translator in another, and that's when that like gets entered into the computer's operating system. And then when he figures it out, he decodes it or whatever. He gets to become some kind of time traveler, protector of the, you know, whatever scrolls or yeah he needs the second to, coming or something he needs to go back in time and stop this the babylonians he's like he becomes like the new text. yeah well he becomes like the new protector of like the holy grail type thing yeah i'd support i'd support that as a <laughs> i've never pitched anything before so is that, is that this is yeah, good practice support that. <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna move to la next year yeah. after this practice i'm gonna I've just learned to pitch a movie. Read a read a book or something. Well, we're still figuring out the plot. Okay, is there like a, a love interest, or is there? I think there needs to be like it's probably something trying to pull him away from the. Okay, the devil incarnates himself as a woman and is trying to seduce him to like get the to figure out where this holy grail thing is. Okay, that'll bring about the apocalypse. Bam, <laughs> got it. Boom. Okay. Um, so yeah. the female's a woman. There's kind of a trying to tempt satanic. Him. Yeah, it's a little sexist, but that's fine. Uh, that Satan is a woman. Okay, well, do you want uh, the, if, the main character to be a woman instead? And then sure, Satan will and then Satan's okay. a dude. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Well, who's the, I who's told the, you I was woke with the beginning? Who's the lead? It's like a Kristen. woman now. Kristen Stewart was is a is a celebrity crush that I have. Um, not for personality reasons, but just <laughs> looks. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you're so woke. <laughs> yeah, she just it's got really physical, hot ass. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe Stewart, not her. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is a great actress. Okay, she, Jennifer she, Lawrence. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. She, 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 she's, she's got draw. Yeah, and um, who's Satan? Bradley? No. Um, uh, the the guy Bradley from the Cooper? No. no the the guy from uh, the Parks and Rec. Oh. Um, we're reuniting them for this movie. Brad, I don't know his last name. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. It's like a P name, right? I, I never roll out, watch Parks and Rec, so I shouldn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm sure I, di- I have. I did at some point. I'm picturing more of a dark-haired person. Maybe Italian for Satan, just if he's going to be like slick. and This is probably anti-Italian racism Chris right Pratt. Now. Chris Pratt. Okay. Yeah. I pretend I'm like I knew him. You don't like him? He's he's good. I just can't picture him as Satan as easily. Okay. So more of like a sinister person. Yeah. Just like, I don't think of him as like seductive. If Satan's going to be seductive, Chris Pratt's not who I think of as like super smooth. Okay. Like, does he have a lot of game? I mean, he probably does in real life. Which celebrity has the most game? That's a good question. Or at least, is, what about uh? Okay, let's see. We're thinking uh, J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That'd be yeah. I can. I support that. George Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I love it. A little bit of charm. Yeah, devil needs to be charming. Can grow out his hair, third rock from the sun style again, and <laughs> okay, just bring that character back. Okay. Since we're, and, I mean, he was an alien in that, and this is kind of alieny. Okay, and what's the title? Babylonian, babe. Mm, Babylon. <laughs> Okay, I don't babe. love it. <laughs> Jennifer it. Lawrence, she's the Babylonian babe. She already goes by that, so. Um, but like, temptation or tempted, or that's pretty good. Tempted. Yeah, that's a, a more modern way. Yeah, to, yeah, a more a, modern yeah, title. Yeah, try and sell this. Babylonian babes like a 1950s. Yeah, crappy. It's a different movie for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's something they make fun of on like. Uh, Mystery so it's like Science a religious theater, or something. theater. I mean, it's a religious thriller. I think is where we got to go with this. Yeah, I think like Denzel was is like a a father or a priest or something that she's like looking, like her Morpheus in a way. I like Denzel though. Mm-hmm. He's the reason. he helps her understand the mystery. Yeah, of he's like yeah, Babylonian guy, yeah. text. Yeah, and like, you're kind of like, is he good? Is he bad? But then it, you know, maybe he's like a a tech professor, like a computer science professor at the. At a state university near her, and he just he knows his crap. So she brings him over to like my computer's alive now, and I'm he, getting away from the computer having sentience. I'm more just like it's like some secret about like the whole like that could br- that'll bring about the apocalypse. Okay, so and the that's why Satan's not trying alive. to get her to to crack it. But uh, I like what? I like him more if it's like a religious figure. He's like so maybe you shouldn't dabble with this stuff. Okay, you know, Interesting. or helps her with the religious stuff. Okay, maybe she thinks the computer has sentience, so she brings this priest, Denzel Washington, to exercise it. Okay. And then he becomes, I don't know, helps or hurts in a way. Unravel the mystery. Keeps her away from Satan. Yeah. Her new boyfriend, Satan. (laughs) Yeah, this is my new boyfriend, Satan. (laughs) That's his name, too. That's the character's name. Satan. Straight up. It's Satan. Yes, Satan. The devil is his last name. Jerry Satan. They, They devil. 
I'm trying to think of another pronunciation of that. Yeah. Okay. Make it seem I think we're getting a, we're getting a little bit away from the, you know, <laughs> into but, the weeds of what yeah. the characters are going to be called. It's called Temptation. Well, we know the name of the movie, yeah. Temptation. Okay. But we haven't named the That's characters. Good. Well, we don't name Satan, the, the devil, and then good girl, good uh, pro, good girl protagonist is the other is Jennifer Lawrence's name. Yeah, it's a working name. <laughs> yeah. All right, we did it. We, we did Temptation. We wrote a movie. Yeah. Took right. like five minutes. We're savants. Well, a little bit longer than five minutes, I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> you'll cut it down to five minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of him. Cut about all the debating. And, uh, yeah. But uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on. Do you uh, have any more plugs you want to give? You know, we said Elliot's last Saturdays of the month mm-hmm. for Collins. Um, I'm in an improv troupe called Eight Bit Kids. Oh, we, cool. We, we perform at Voodoo sometimes. Um, basically, like once a month. Uh, we have one that's like the day before Valentine's. So come with your date. If you can't do the fourteenth, come make it an early Valentine's Day Eve uh, uh, celebration. There's nothing more romantic than improv. I've always said that. <laughs> yeah, so. people best first date. Yes, yeah. watching a bunch or of people be self indulgent on stage. Yeah, pretend and think they're funnier than they are. That's Lisa's Great stereotype sell. of improv. Great sell there, Nate. I think <laughs> our troupe is funny. I I. <laughs> I just had a certain stereotype in my own brain of what improv is like before I did it. And gotcha. so I'm just speaking for the audience. All right. Well, check those out. Uh, be excellent to each other. Uh, do the work. And Wakanda forever. Yeah. Love you. I guess I'll be honest. Wakanda forever. Excuse me. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.